Hello, my fellow hemp nuts. Are you ready for the cannabis bonanza? Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Welcome to the new Hemp Time Show recorded at Gotham Studio, the even sweeter smelling podcast studio in the world now that we have our new <laughs> recording studio. Please prepare for takeoff by placing your cannabis products under your seat or in your shirt pocket. <laughs> We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. Thank Patreon you. In the house. Today in the studio, we are joined by the unapologetic sharecropper, actor, comedian, Randy Cameroon Jr. What up, folks? Yay, Randy. And a man who's traveling in time and space, Greer Barnes, <laughs> will be here soon. If the uh, subway actually shows up. Yeah. <laughs> On the science side of the table, I'm your token cannabinoid researcher, Dr. Jehan Marku. Also, <laughs> also joined by Jan Roberts, our resident social worker. That's Dr. Jan. <laughs> official. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I was totally left out on that one. Thank you. And our resident social worker here, who specializes in clinical cannabis research and practice, is here to ensure we are mentally fit for the podcast. So, Jan, let's just start us off with the check-in. I absolutely would love to. Uh, you know, guys who actually listen to us, um, we do this every week, and we try to kind of mix it up sometimes. And we are so excited to have you all here today. So I just want to do my weekly check-in with everyone as a therapist. You know, our well-being is vital. And for me, it helps me to connect with my colleagues as well. So I'm going to start with you, Randy. How are you doing? I am groovy, busy as hell, yeah. but we're making progress. Good. And um, yeah, excited. You, you have a lot of work going on right now? Too much work. So a little bit of legislation got caught up in Albany today. Didn't totally pass the way we expected, but um, it's still moving right. in the direction we needed to move right. in. So we're keeping our finger on that pulse and um, grooming Brooklyn Sprout to be able to Take advantage when it does happen. Oh, wow. I, I do have a question yep. because as you're talking, and this is something I know everyone who's ever met you experiences, mm -hmm. but so tell me, how do you maintain kind of this like always upbeat and positive attitude? Because you just always radiate like calm and serenity. And I think it's because so it was my responsibility growing up. I was born an old soul. I know it sounds funny, but I was. <laughs> I look at old pictures of myself, like when I was, you know, and yeah. I looked older than than my parents and son. Not as I mean, I had a baby <laughs> face, but my aura was was older. Yeah. So, um, see, I would have said it was fishing two times, and a that week. does it. No, that does it. I was, you know, I'm talking a little shit now, but the no, fishing, the fishing it. is uh, is a representation of of. My zenness and yeah. hey, bring that to the table. Something that needs to happen at a party. I don't know if you know this, but we had your little thing with um, uh, Greer that you guys did in the nineties. Oh, you from did the HBO oh, hardcore team. Jam. Yeah, we had oh, that posted Lord. on our social media. And having watched so many of those episodes, it oh. cracks me up. So I, I'm just curious. Like, did you get any shit? Because it was actually one of our most watched. Uh, things that uh -huh. we have going on for uh, Newham Times. Yeah, people were my cousin Danny. I don't know. I was getting. You know, I'm not. The, I'm not the most savvy Facebook user, but <laughs> folks that I have not been in contact since high school. And oh I my god, reached out. So that was that was funny. That was so funny. Maybe we can have them. Uh if ever, Ooh, Lord. do little characters. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, and I don't want to be remiss to talk in and check in with my uh, 
esteemed colleague and co-founder of the Research Institute. So, Dr. Jehan Morku, how are you Dr. doing? Dr. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, another day uh, filled with cannabis science as usual. Uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the thing with, you know, there's just been so many weird things happening with cannabis. Um, and it just seems like the opponents of responsible regulation just seem to be having the same discussions they've been having for 40 years. 40 years. Yet they never seem to show up when it's time to discuss policy. Where were they at the FDA hearing? Preach, brother. Where were they when, uh, you know, there's, we're, we're seeing a lot of criticism about cannabis regulations, but where were these people when there were these town halls and people meeting to That's actually right. write the regulations? That's right. Right. Like right. where where was right. the NIDA director when they were discussing training requirements for the cannabis industry? There Hello. was so, but well, that's been on my mind. Preach, lately. doctor. <laughs> well, okay. I didn't know we had that. I am in. so sorry, but I love that. But this is about checking in emotionally and connecting <laughs> on that, so we can intellectualize this stuff. Or tell me, how are you really doing? Because <laughs> it's been crazy in our world, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I've been upset lately. I just want to chase people around with a giant hemp plant and just like, get out of here, kids. Well, this is, you know, this is our hour of connection. We're all good friends and we are all here to kind of help and support each other. So I, I, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm a nerd, but you know, I like to kind of know how my buddies are doing and, and to check in and make sure we're all in the places we want to be and so we're aiming for it we are aiming for it My and what are you aiming it. for doc jan yeah you do such a good job of <laughs> making checking sure on we're everybody we're. yeah <laughs> i'm actually uh doing pretty well i have i'm going through a lot of things uh personally and I feel like I'm handling it fairly beautifully and, you know, I have my own therapist and, and find that that's been very helpful for me to be able to articulate what's going mm. on and just, I'm, you know, trying to be open and keep learning and growing and it's just, I just feel so blessed, you know, to be mm. in this point in time, and, you and know, personally, professionally in every area of my life, you know. Beautiful. And what's the most difficult part about, you know, managing your success and popularity and, <laughs> and having your research dreams come true? Is there a particular aspect of that that's Is that difficult to manage? I have a, I have a hard time. Um, I take on so many things and I'm so much better about not trying to always please everybody, but I like everything I do. That's the problem. I kind of like too much. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, fun. And, and it's fun, but it's also made me kind of think I'm at a different stage of my life. My kids are a lot older. Um, this is the first time I've ever been able to kind of focus on me. And as a woman, you know, we've been talking a lot about women's health issues. It's just a very powerful time. And I just feel just like this industry, the people I've met, you know, the my students, I love teaching, my clients, you know, I just feel so lucky to be able to help so many people. The podcast, you know. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. But anyway, oh my God, we totally got deep in, in too early, but that's what the check-in's about is connecting on a real level. Well, <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of connecting and being inclusive, you mentioned, you know, 
research on women's health issues yeah. and that related to cannabis. I, I think that brings us to the, our word of the day. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. It's it's not officially recognized by the Webster or Oxford dictionaries yet, okay. or Urban Dictionary yet. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet. Uh, so so a lot of the words we've used in the past can be found in the literature or on, on Urban Dictionary, like dabsident has been one of the words we used in the past. <laughs> But but our word today is canna inclusion, and this is a word that Doc Jan made up. And our running first definition of this is it a verb or, or is it a noun? Canna inclusion. I believe it's a. It's a I can be. I think it can be used in many different ways. Mm-hmm. But it's this, a noun. But we can also can include people. Can include someone. Yeah, can yeah. include so others. Ac- an active verb. <laughs> active yes. verb. That, I can include um, the hell out of them. It comes. <laughs> From Latin for cannabis and inclusion, um, but the this is the potential for cannabis to bring together people from all backgrounds and voting histories. Um, yep. it, so people who normally may not interact together, they can be canna included in a discussion because cannabis has this interesting way of bringing people it does. together. We were I was having this conversation last canna night. Included. Yeah, I was having this conversation this last night. I was at a um, one of my favorite spots in the city and I can't really talk about it. But um, I was there and what I love about this place is that they're so intentional about um kind of including other people from different walks of life. And so I'm sitting there with um, my friends, family, and uh, there's a couple next to us, older, uh, probably about older, listen, my age. Uh, They're probably my age, a couple my age, black couple, and they're having the best time. And the woman and I just started talking about how awesome it is to meet people from all different backgrounds with, over this one kind of issue, cannabis. And it's such a beautiful concept, if you think, because I have met some of the coolest people. You know, I, I feel like I'm learning from everyone I've met, and and it's just been an eye-opening experience. And so that's when we were talking. Jay We've almost, almost given away what this spot is yeah. just in the description of the story. I mean, that's a lovely place. I wish I was there last night. <laughs> and right. it is. It is. It's, it's, so so can right. inclusion. So Jayhan and I were like, you know. Let's have this word. But here's we what I want to do. We joke about this, but you came up with canon inclusion. Yes. And I think we okay. need, we, that's serious. For the listener out there who's keeping track of yeah, all of we're, those we're things. hitting, you know. <laughs> yeah. so, so wait, I do have a, a comment about that, though, because I think whoever is the first listener in a, of ours who can make it show up on Urban Dictionary we will have you call in and we will talk to you and have you be a part of our show one day. So if you do that, just send us a message on Facebook cool. or Instagram. And if it's there, we will have you be a part of our show one That's day. Cool. So We'll also accept Wikipedia entries. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that, Jayhan. Um, love that. Someone register <laughs> the domain name. The- oh, shit. We didn't do that, did we? Grayson, <laughs> <laughs> register the domain name. Um, Just kidding. No, we're not kidding. It's for I real. know, really. I have this a Google account. <laughs> Hello. We're giving jewels away. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> so, guys, um, Speaking of Canada inclusion, it kind of brings me to our next segment. And this is a new segment that I've kind of t- 
talked with you guys called Forgotten Heroes of Cannabis. And with all that's going on that month and the solidarity people are showing around things like uh, gay pride and other issues, um, one of the forgotten heroes of cannabis I'd like to mention is Dennis Perone. Right. And this is actually someone I knew um, in San Francisco. I actually lived down the street from him. He has a big purple house with a Buddha painted on it. Um, and it's still there. What street is that? Uh, gosh, San Francisco. I think it's off of like uh, 18th Street. I lived in the Mission District. And okay, I just, in the Mission. I just used to walk up about like four blocks or so from 16th and Guerrero. Yeah. And his house was right there, right? Because yep. it's right by the Castro uh, district. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was actually born in the Bronx in New York City. And what he's really famous for was opening the first cannabis access centers. Um, he uh, was an advocate. He worked with Harvey Milk. Um and uh, uh, um, basically sold cannabis from storefronts in the Castro District in California. One of his things that he set up, the Cannabis Buyers Club, um, a CBC, is actually still operating to this day in Oakland, California. Wow. Um, so, and when was that again? Uh, oh, sorry, in San Francisco, the San Francisco Buyers Club. Uh, this was um, the first public dispensary. Um, it was in the 90s, um, but he had been selling cannabis through storefronts since 1978. Um, and so he worked on a lot of propositions, including co-authored Prop 215, which basically was the seed that started the cannabis uh, industry. And, you know, he his partner who died of HIV AIDS, basically he was raided by police over four ounces of cannabis with intents to distribute, but it was actually his partner's cannabis. And when they had to bring in his partner to testify, he was going through the end stages of HIV AIDS. The public did not like that, that they were prosecuting mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. these two gay men over four ounces of cannabis. Um, and they basically became uh, champions of cannabis. Uh, and that's what led to Prop 215 passing was basically the LGBTQ community pushing for cannabis advocacy which came out of the AIDS epidemic, which there was a lot of stigma there, but researchers quickly realized that people who use cannabis were maintaining their yeah. weight, especially at San Francisco yeah. General Hospital. With, uh, Abrams, right? Yeah, exactly. Donald yeah. Abrams. Donald Abrams. Um, and so, you know, Perone spent kind of the end of his life owning and operating a 20-acre farm <laughs> near Clear Lake where he nice. uh, produced cannabis. Um, uh, and the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco have recognized Perone and given him a certificate of honor. Um, he's known as the father of medical cannabis in San Francisco. Wow. Um, but, you know, the LGBTQ community is probably one of the largest supporters of cannabis legal uh, legalization and, and regulation. And also, um, according to research, tends to consume uh, more cannabis than other members of the community. Do, do, is there, do you know if there's a lot of research around that? There is some research on that, um, especially in terms of substance abuse and mental health. But, there's a lot of... Because I, I, like, I, I talk about this a lot when I'm teaching and um, about how essentially I think there's a huge shift. And, and we're so grateful for people who have um, really kind of changed the way culture looks at this. I grew up in an age when... Um, when Ellen came out on ABC and it was like a shit show, you know, boycotting Christian groups were boycotting all of this. And when people couldn't get married, you know, and, and so for me to see within my lifetime, kind of this huge social change has been wonderful. But what's happened is that 
because of the acceptance at a societal level of being gay or being trans or being genderqueer, um, that that's actually really helped children who are growing up in this kind of more open society be more confident in themselves. So I'm kind of fascinated by the shift, how culture and the cultural changes have actually created a generation who are more comfortable in their bodies, who ha- can live the lives that they want to live in their social support for that. There's familial support. I mean, I remember growing up um, and the message to me was, if you're gay, you know, you were prob- you're probably getting kicked out of the family. And, and that was my reality. And it's a lot of people's reality. And to see this huge shift is phenomenal. And and um, I can see that it doesn't a, mean that folks are still not getting kicked out or no, ostracized. Absolutely, in family. absolutely. It just means there's a social there's public a change. Movement we need that being, change. I've been there where I've had parents. You know, I've had uh, trans clients who couldn't get because back then they couldn't get um, the the uh, psychological certification to get the uh, gender reassignment surgery, and because she had really developed some severe trauma and relational issues and was suicidal a lot. And all of that stemmed from how she was brought up and what it was like in her family and what it was like for a lot of things. So fortunately with all the changes and how we support kids now, we're going to see a reduction, I would assume in mental health system symptoms. I don't know. Was that too much? Did I? No, never too much. Get oh. busy. So I think, yeah. And, you know, what's a couple things about Perone I didn't mention that are also fascinating. In 1998, he actually, uh, you know, after pa- helping pass Prop 215, he ran for governor under the Republican mm-hmm. ticket and won the primary, but really? lost the election to Gray Davis. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys have heard the phrase, all use is medical use right when it comes yeah. to cannabis yeah so he actually coined that term because in 2010 he was opposed to the legalization bill that was put out at the time proposition mm-hmm. 19 for recreational cannabis because he believed all use is med- medicinal use or medical use so that you know some of the things we still say to this day and see you know, constantly put out on memes, we still see the impact it's, of him and his community on so, cannabis. And it's so amazing that we can actually kind of talk about that now because here we are. We're, it's so much history that we don't know about, that it's important to have inclusion and diversity and conversations around other people's experiences because mm. this is a very important person. This is a very important person who actually changed the, the country, if you think about it, and changed many people's lives, including mine, including many of ours. Mm-hmm. And um, and a lot of people who didn't have places to go to get mm-hmm. treatment, mm-hmm. access to resources, yeah. were going through issues of, um, you know, going through changes in their life, whether right. it was trans or real life coming out of the closet and being public yeah. about it. Right. This was a community that mm-hmm. would accept them. I mean, he had a, kind of an open door policy at his house. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was surprised you know, going and staying at his place, how many people would come and go and hang out? And, you know, you wouldn't just meet cannabis advocates. You wouldn't just meet gay rights advocates. You'd meet, you know, sex worker rights advocates. Well, and it's canna inclusion. Yeah. And and everyone, (laughs) everyone was there and everyone shared some common, uh, let's say, uh, issues or common uh, goals for society. Yeah. Cool. So, 
Uh, wait, I have a question. You said you stayed at his house? Like, so you knew him that well? Uh, well, you didn't have to know him that well to stay at his house. But, okay. uh, but no, yeah, I mean, we, you know, I founded the San Francisco chapter for Americans for Safe Access with uh, my wife and other people. I was very uh, involved at the turn of the century in cannabis. I helped open up testing labs in the country. So I was like the science guy that would you know, give talks at the end of all these meetings. And and we also did a lot of lobbying efforts and um, things like that. Like we, uh, we took a bunch of denatured, they, they were opposing, you know, cultivation within city right. limits. Right. So we all dressed up like farmers and threw hemp seed all over the lawns, uh-huh. um, denatured hemp seed because you couldn't actually get hemp seed. But we did a lot of direct action like that. Oh, and there would cool. be events at his uh, place. We did fundraisers in San Francisco. And usually, you know, if you you would like go crash at his place or hang out there. I mean, mm-hmm. his backyard, I'm sure there's still people lost in his backyard. He had these like <laughs> tiered gazebos with like little bridges and stuff and Christmas lights and ornaments. And so you'd like walk across these bridges. There'd be a little patio with couches. You take another bridge, there'd be another place. I- I'm sure there's like people been there for 20 years, haven't figured out how to get out. Like, <laughs> it was the maze a- from shining. Yeah. yeah. Was, you know, it was really amazing because it was really fun too, as you'd, you'd walk by this, this, his house and you were like, yeah, that's Dennis Perone's house. I mean, it was, it's like a landmark there, the big purple Buddha. Um, and it wasn't wow. a secret where he was and what he was doing. Openly gay, openly assisting people with access to cannabis um and again working with legends like harvey milk um and i mean can you imagine being gay running on the republican ticket for governor in california uh and being known for legalizing cannabis i mean it was it's very different than how i grew up (laughs) (laughs) what about you randy well i mean uh, you know on the upper west side in the 70s Uh uh-huh It was like the village. So, you know, Manhattan people, we, I, if you were from Manhattan and I'm, what I'm seeing now in evolution is I've been seeing it for years just in a small microcosm because we, I come from an accepting community in the Upper West Side. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the building, the buildings we grew up in, we all hung out in each other's houses, whether it was, mm-hmm. um, two, two dads or two moms. This is something that we were. Uh, integrated and lived and were friends with each other for a while. So seeing it on a mass scale and in communities that were uh, more segregated and less accepting is interesting of me. Yeah. What is now accepted or beginning to be accepted and what is still, you know, taboo or, mm. you know, I find that interesting. Me too. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting too, is like, you know, I met a lot of, of dudes and, and this one uh, gay guy, Michael, and we became friends he was a retired math teacher and, you know, we would do the cannabis advocacy and education together. And one day I just turned to him and I said, you know, if I knew you when I was in high school, I probably would have hated you <laughs> being a math teacher at all. But you seem pretty cool. Like, yeah. I, I started to feel bad about right. being like causing a ruckus in my math classes. I was like, man, imagine if they were all like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you used to get in trouble at school? Um, not Dr. J. I know, no. I know. I would think he'd be I, so I studious. I, I mostly would try to come up with the world's hardest questions and like <laughs> oh, I, anyone have a question? He still does. He still oh, yeah. does. Like, he does this to us all the time. What's the speed of light time two? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> or like, you know. Something. This teacher isn't certified. <laughs> Let me ask a question, stomp her ass. Oh, my God. You do that a lot. You love to ask questions. It's the funniest observation I've made of him. He loves oh. to ask questions where he knows that people don't know the answer, but he knows the answer. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I remember this one math teacher and we love to hate each other. And she wore this t-shirt that had like, a, you know, a joke on it with a math equation. And she was giving people a hard time about their exams. And then I just straight up said, hey, could you explain your t-shirt? <laughs> uh, that was a good, like, you know, 15 minutes of, well, we'll, we'll come back to that. You know? How much? did you piss off your teachers not very often my my <laughs> english teachers definitely enjoyed my writing um i'm very good with papers there it is. <laughs> he's like the renaissance man he's yeah. good with everything um, oh my god you're nuts um, but uh back to the subject at hand cannabis advocacy <laughs> we should really thank the lgbtq community and that community um, because if it wasn't for their fearlessness and their drive, their advocacy, and really, I think it's partially also knowing how the systems work and dealing with but stigma. Isn't, isn't that like also part of pride is also taking rec- knowing that you're getting recognized for things that you who you are. You know what I mean? And and th- I think it's so important for us to know all of our history. You know, and to understand how people have impacted history. And so I, I just think it's a wonderful thing. So mm-hmm. anywho, so Very. what do we do next? What are you doing next? Well, the change gears a little bit. You know, there's two things uh, that we hear a lot about the risks of cannabis. One has to do, you know, last week we talked about women's health. And of course, the issue of cannabis use during pregnancy came up. And if it's not that issue, there's another issue that, again, you have research on both sides about the effects of cannabis on the brain. And recently, an opinion, you know, an op-ed in the New York Times came out uh, two days ago entitled Marijuana Damages Young Brains, uh, subtitled States That Legalize It Should Set a Minimum Age of 25. Now, you can debate whether or not the hyperlinks in this article, you know, that the studies are credible uh, but the point is, is that researchers are studying this and there is a concern. And when I look at this research, I always think of science as being able to make predictions. Okay. Right. You know, <clears throat> can we predict what will happen to someone who uses cannabis? And we just aren't there yet. So if you like, you know, just took a bunch of brain scans and had doctors look at them, no one would be able to be like, that guy used cannabis, that guy did this, that guy exercised. It would, those standards don't exist. Right. But basically what they're worried about is that you know, it's it's no surprise that if you use cannabis, you know what, there'll be some decrease in processing speed, some effects on memory, attention right. span, concentration. And there's a debate that if you use it during adolescence, will those effects be permanent? Uh, because in adults, uh, those effects are not permanent and go away with abstinence. And so this article... Uh, is actually written by two doctors that discusses how vulnerable the adolescent brain is. It was an opinion is. article. Opinion, an opinion article. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they talk about IQ declines. And one of my favorite things about IQs is is there's always a plus minus value with this. It's like plus or minus eight IQ points. Everyone focuses on the negative effects. But I also think if we understood people who got benefits from cannabis, people, we might actually be able to understand when things go wrong more. Mm-hmm. Um but the, basically, one of the things that comes out of their article is that um, 
THC damages the brain, it's neurotoxic, and we should set an age limit of 25 for using age cannabis. For using right. medical or any kind and of Just drug. cannabis usage in general. 25. In general, 25. Because you know, the brain is still well, developing. It, it, that's sure. it. And the brain continues to develop at 25. So they're actually saying that you really shouldn't use cannabis until your brain is fully developed. So right. then if we use that argument, it's kind of a slippery slope argument. Totally. We can say you shouldn't use anything until, until your brain yep. is 25. Or maybe you shouldn't be allowed to vote until you're 25 because your brain's not fully developed yet. No, or maybe, we, I, I mean... 18-year-olds have terrible t- choice in music. Sure. You well, we know that... <laughs> your brain's sure. not fully developed. Right. No one should get... <laughs> He's 19. <laughs> okay, but, <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, you know, relate- that that kind of argument mm. is really and and I have to say, as a clinician mm. and having taught human development, I I will agree that the brain is continually changing. Right. But we also know that the brain is not a stagnant organ; it is a neuroplastic one, which means that it can continue to grow. Yep. That is something that we didn't even consider until about twenty years ago. That wow, you mean you can constantly uh, right. change your your brain chemistry? You can ch- constantly change the way that you you handle things, and um, so uh, that so argument Tibet, is just bullshit. You couldn't smoke to you one hundred twenty five because yeah. the Tibetans believe you know your brain is forever evolving. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Speaking yeah, but- of effects of cannabis on the brain or 125 <laughs> years old. <laughs> oh my God, that was funny. Finally, you yeah, got I'm, off I'm the here. subway train. Well hey, done, Greer. Hey. <laughs> once, a back, once again, Beck is the incredible, the hemp animal, Greer Bard. <laughs> <laughs> the hemp animal. <laughs> that's, key, that's public enemy. Yes. That's <laughs> one it. of my favorite Thanks. groups, Dougs. But, but to go back to where you were going, as yeah. a clinician, but let me twist it a little bit. As a parent. Twist it. All right. And I know it gets a little funky here. Oh, God. Yeah. And all right. As and parent. as all of us who's yeah. had friends. Who well, smoked shit, we since all six, we were sixth grade? Some of them, some so, a couple I, of our friends, yeah. and I don't want to name names, are still showing some of that, some of those elements. Perhaps I, okay, I'm going to be I honest. Wanna, you know, I get nervous about adolescent use. Granted, I oops. used as a teenager. I know my kids did. And I get nervous because as a clinician, I'm always worried that if any, but I do this anyway with my kids, my poor kids, where I'm like, it's because of this or what did I do? So I always get nervous whenever I see any of them either being apathetic or not motivated or aren't doing well at certain things or they're upset. I, I do. I, right. I And I always check in with them to be like, uh, how are you doing? Or are you... You know, do you need to cut back? Do you need, you know, what's going on? Because that's my job as a parent to get them to learn how to kind of regulate themselves, right? No, that's the responsible. And they don't use as a clinician, the minute you start telling someone, especially a teenager, you can't do that, is the minute that they rebel against that because their job is to differentiate from you, you as a parent. So, you know, it's you know, interesting it's a mentioning mental health in terms of parents caring about their children and and that support, those factors didn't come up in this article. So the risk that they assign to cannabis is because of the increased potency. It's not the same potency it was 20 to 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that 
every product that gets regulated gets more potent mm-hmm. over time. Coffee, mm-hmm. tobacco, alcohol, and pharmaceutical drugs. Guess Gasoline. what? Gasoline. <laughs> they- <laughs> Really? <laughs> and people are still ingesting all of those to oh, this day. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but you know, and I, I, I hate this argument about cannabis is more potent. You know, today cannabis flowers specifically. That's like saying the reason we have an opioid epidemic is because the poppy plant has become more potent, not because pharmaceutical companies put dancing fentanyl bottles on TV, right, and things like that. But. I mean, I, I just again with yeah. the twenty-five-year-old age, and we're dealing with a society that's like us. We know what we did coming up and what we've seen, and you know. But hold on, I'm sorry. I'm still going back to this. Is a time we call it the emerging adulthood. This is a normal de- neurodevelopmental time. You're filled. This is also the time where we start to see more depression coming in, more anxiety coming in. And it's a very life-changing situation. You're going from an adolescent to an adult. This is normal part of the process. And to be quite honest, a lot of people use cannabis to handle stresses, to be able to handle some of life's difficulties, to moderate their anxiety. So for me, I think we have to just make balanced choices for everything. You know what I mean? Like, are we going to start then telling people who are overweight that they can't eat certain foods? I mean, at what point do we allow people to grow (laughs) and learn and stuff like that? Yep. Well, you you have to be uh, 25 to drive a cab, but you only got to be 18 to run for mayor of New York. Right. Or get killed in a war (laughs) that you don't support. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So I just think that... Their arguments seem flimsy to me. I've mm. read the art or the opinion piece, and it's an opinion piece, and it's fascinating to me because both Mount Sinai and the Rockefeller University are interested in cannabis research. So for me, that's really interesting that they did that position piece. Greer, so let's let's talk about <laughs> hey, recreational camp, not medical. It, what uh, what should be the minimum age before you could walk into a store and buy? A pack of pre-rolled cannabis cigarettes. The same age you are to uh, buy a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> and here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. It's about us doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's about people's moral compass, you know? Am I going to tell this kid, you got, yo, show me some ID that you're 21 years old, you know? And I can tell a fake ID from a real one. Get the hell out of here, kid. But either way, like when I was a kid, I got tobacco. Well, I also had facial hair. So <laughs> you also look like you was 25 when you came I look like I was 30. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like you're still, scared to store me. Either here's the kicker, sure. man. We got to raise these kids to be smarter in the sense that you have to know, man, when I tell you something like I I'm not going to say who's father or whatever, but uh he was like, "Yo, whenever you want to do any of this shit, yo, come and do it with me, yo." Like, be smart yeah, that, about it. That was the one cool one in the neighborhood. And, and, Thank but we, God we, we had also, him. We also had people putting seeds of positivity in our head and, 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 and letting us know that, yo, we, we stood away from shit. We made a conscious effort to stay away from certain things. And yeah. we did. You know, but my point that I wanted to make is that it doesn't matter what age you, you uh, raise the, the legalization age to. Some kids are going. The kids are going to get access to this shit. Yeah. Just like every young kid got access to tobacco before they were old enough to, to smoke, smoke it. That's why you have people who smoke cigarettes their lifetime. They'll tell you, "I started at 16." 
I mean, you I was tapping my mom's stash, not my mom. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, your, your mother uh, someone's mother's, you know, stash at <laughs> right, whatever right. age. And, you and, know. And, and and way we would get that cigarette, and we'd get five or six of us together, and we would uh-huh. all pop oh, it I, because I, it gave us a head brush. Oh, I, we heard the story of the roaches on oh, the, the little about, needle. Oh, I tell them about Benito. Or something. Oh, <laughs> oh but, uh, what but, was Benito? But can I just, well, you can't say. I, can I say that because I think what they're saying is actually again sometimes and I do believe this we fail our children by not teaching them how to think critically and how to pay attention to themselves and the more that we keep kind of tiptoeing around things kids are never going to learn and I think that it's important to teach our children to pay attention to what they're doing who they're hanging out with how are they doing in school so how are they feeling you know I think it's important for them to learn and to grow and I think that at if you keep trying to protect people, they just don't learn and make stupid decisions later on. So how would you talk to the parents that are... I am one of the parents. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're, you fall yeah. into the extra extra cool, what I was getting with, with that house that we had. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. a safe mm-hmm. house like that. But um, we also had plenty of parents like... Mm, and, yeah. and birds yes. that, yes. you know, yes. they were cool, but they weren't... They hadn't got to the place where you are in mm, evolution. Mm. So if you well, were talking mm. to that group. And now I of, will say, I will say that How do you get to me, there? this was always about responsibility and ethics. And I never have ever advocated for my kids to break the law or to do anything. I just wanted them to be smart. And we've had it where my kids have made stupid decisions. So I've had it. The kids have to learn from their their actions. So I set the rules that they break if they broke them. There were consequences, but I, I wanted them to talk to me about things. I didn't want them to rebel like I did, you know. And I I feel like when I was younger, I didn't have those skills, and I made I stupid decisions hit it, hit it, right? and risked saying. myself, you know, my safety at times, my own mental health and stuff. And so for me, I've always wanted my kids to. Have some tools, that but they just would to learn re- get in a little bit deeper. I think all yeah. kids risk and do what Absolutely. you just said, but you got- all parents are not open to hear that experience. Mm-hmm. Now well, see, there was a certain house we could go to mm-hmm. and talk to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. In a manner that was like one of our, and that's what was incredible. Oh, it was wait, almost, wait, wait, wait. It was Don't- almost being. Hold on, though. I want to say this, because don't mistake me. I was not a permissive parent. No, I know. The first yeah. time I ever found out that my um, youngest child, he's don't not here, he's already left. Uh, the first time I ever found out he had smoked weed, I went to him and his friends, and I scared the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, because mm-hmm. they had no business at that age. And that was seventh in grade no. in seventh <laughs> grade and so for me as wait, a wait, parent how, how, how did you scare them straight though <laughs> there's right. a saying yeah, don't look. fuck with Chan yeah. because uh, I have a temper sometimes and, and don't fuck with me or I'm gonna tell you what I really think and and it was like that and it wasn't like I was beating you know what I mean but you I was being a parent to. but at the same time at the same time, I also didn't have a lot of the education I have now, to be quite fair. But no, I, I was worried for my kid. You know, I want my kid to make the right we, decisions, and we I also had ha- to teach that. We also have to look at the fact that how uh, weed has been demonized. Absolutely. And that, that, that is 
uh, the, 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 that's what the that's most parents, core. you know, that's yeah. what they stem from. This, yeah. this li- these lies yep. about this particular yep. thing. When in actuality, the evil is tobacco. Go. <laughs> that commercial. <laughs> yeah. That commercial. Yeah. I learned it by watching you, you Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Or the one with the eggs. That this is your so brain stupid. on drugs. So that was like the dumbest commercial brain. ever. But it was effective. No, it and wasn't. It, it was to <laughs> a lot I remember of I used to parents. Like, yes, it did. It wasn't effective at all. Not to us, but I'm talking about to Hold on, kids. Hold on. (laughs) Who was it effective for? Yeah. Who? Because what wasn't group? there? What, I yeah. think because there was a crack epidemic going and on, that's, oh, and that's yeah, and the that's people true. who smoke weed knew that my brain ain't doing that. Exactly. That 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 crack. The, the one true. with the glass pipe, and that's mm-hmm. what his brain mm-hmm. is doing. Yeah. and, and they're see- not differentiating mm-hmm. between right. the two, which led to the criminalization okay, of the yeah. of the pro, mm-hmm. you know of the green. <laughs> and we and also and we also watched and knew. People who were super smart, had a lot of shit going on, right. who saw what crack would do to you yep. and turned around and did and that did shit themselves anyway. and became one of them. And became one of them. Now that to me right there, yep. it's just like, I lose all respect for your life. You see it. Yep. That's that shit. I, wow. I didn't. Yep. But I'll tell you this much. Yo. Incredible had, baseball had, player. Our age. Yep. Our age. Had mm-hmm. had scholarships out the high mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Out mm-hmm. the high and that, and if I had access to heroin when I was growing up, I wouldn't have done it me because I saw what it did. Me yep. either. That yep. was the one. And that's <laughs> what blows me away. Yeah. But our generation knew about that. Yep. You know our what gen- I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. Our generation but knew. Then was, like, I'm sure there were some people that. that were just mm-hmm. like the person that I described. Yep. Then mm-hmm. you're, if you're going to do that, people, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. Well, like, and it goes, if you see what it does to you, why would you? It's like that looks fun. Yeah. That's that's what I brought <laughs> well, up this commercial I, real quick about, you know, I blew my ankle out and I know understand some people take uh uh oxy or an opioid to help with the pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what Dr. I and Dr. Jam is talking about, a lot of folks have a propensity to be have addictive nature yeah. before you blew your ankle yeah, out. Yeah. And yeah. you were gonna end up whether it was your ankle or you using your aunt's pills uh-huh. when you go in the bathroom, you're taking one of those things because you there's something well, in I, you that changed. And I think mm-hmm. we shouldn't be focusing on substance as much as we should on behaviors and why are people doing these things? Uh-huh. Why would you sabotage your Yourself, knowing back knowing. to your question, your comment about people who knew the dangers of crack mm-hmm. saw it, but then they were sabotaged themselves enough to try it. There is something probably internal that they need to kind of work through that they keep feeding this negative piece to themselves. And I'm convinced this is not really about the substance as it is so much a mental health issue and how we cope. Because we see this with food, we see this with sex, mm. relationships, we see this with gambling, video games, whatever. Anytime that we're kind con- <laughs> Don't bring my PS4 I, I into this. my sex addiction. Gamers get all tight when you said games. What the hell is that? Wait a minute now. Like my hand just went like this. Just say no, guys. Just say no. By the way, my PlayStation profile is cannabidiol. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh my god. That's how long I've anyway. been playing video games. Before it was cool. I nabbed that cannabinoid. Oh, cannabidiols. That's not taken. But everything can cannabis guy, cannabis man, cannabis, like everything was taken. <laughs> Only Dr. J would do that. Oh uh, my god. Anyway, I, I was just talking no, about yeah, it yeah. because it's really such a complex issue. And I just appreciate that, you know. 
here I am was thinking about that Just Say No campaign, not even thinking about the historical context in it. So I appreciate that you're bringing that up because that that epidemic was scary, the crack epidemic. It devastated, it devastated. Mm-hmm. black and brown communities. Yep. And there, and, and there was and you know, no sympathy, no sympathy and whatsoever. Or like getting better. No designs to come up to try to fix it. They right. were just demonized, criminalized, and thrown in jail. Yep. Now in this whole opioid thing, they want to keep sending these kids off to camps to, to rehabilitate them. And for me, as a 54-year-old black dude, I can't, I can't, that shit pisses me off almost. I put them on Suboxone. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, in, yeah. And, and nobody's demonizing them. And not, they're not even demonizing the very drug dealers who produce this right. shit, Hello. who put their kids in that situation. Yeah. You know, they, they, because this country has thought that the drug dealer looked like a nigga like me. But <laughs> when it's actually a fucking well-to-do Privileged white guy, or yep. a cartel, dude. or a cartel, or a large, yeah. like, like, a large machine. Yeah. Come on, like it's yeah, yeah, for it's a whole industry. So, yeah, but, and that's but, that. but as a person, we're nap- natural, empathetic, and sympathetic mm-hmm. creatures. So mm-hmm. we do feel love and empathy because we've seen it happen sure. to. And I don't want you to go through that. You don't want you to go through that. You're just angry at the system. But yeah, yeah exactly. and, the, and yeah. the system itself exactly. now is just like you know, you're, it doesn't apply. You're fraudulent almost. The so, system is absolutely fraudulent. So what can we take? You know, we talked about the, the crack cocaine epidemic and there were some educational efforts that worked and some didn't. We see that we don't want people using cannabis as an excuse to ruin their lives. Like absolutely. use cannabis instead of doing stuff absolutely. to learning. So what could you say that was effective in that time period to get people to like, you know what? I see that happening. I don't want to mimic that. I don't want to use this drug. Was it draconian drug laws there was no laws there was natural observation that person Mm -hmm. to person natural strength would say i'm going in a different direction yeah i'm good anything that was articulated in a marketing campaign or legal laws were applied fairly or it was applied marketing or, or 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 uh uh would cast folks in a light that it seems to me what you're saying is that just honesty so objective information is what help people make informed decisions so putting up advertisements that if you use cannabis you'll turn into a sloth that was one that australia used and (laughs) showed pictures like sloths at the dinner table and that's not going to deter kids from using cannabis that's ridiculous but maybe if there were if there were actually some observable things that you could see in context in your community negative impacts that might deter people from using it. Can I just say something mm-hmm. as a parent? I had a conversation with one of my children recently and um, I was just checking in and he said that, uh, or they said that, um, that I was like, well, how are you feeling? Motivation, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I've really reduced, you know, I'm reducing kind of what I'm using. And so to me, that was really good that he's like paying attention to himself and how, you know, cannabis, cannabis could be oh. potentially affecting things. And and I think that's really important for all of us, for our, my patients to kind of pay attention to make sure they're not just sitting on the couch, that they're activated and using it in a healthy way. You know, because I don't want anyone, and I don't think we talk about cannabis use disorder. And luckily, it's not that big of a deal, to be quite honest with you, when you look at like what withdrawal looks like. It's like caffeine this, withdrawal. It's I, not a big deal. I'll tell you this much. And a person who uses cannabis isn't going to rob or steal to get it. Absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, it's. And, and if I look at 10 people I grew up with from my neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I look at the success of what they are doing now. Mm-hmm. 
and how they were as a child, it's pretty steady. The people who were low-hanging fruit folks who, who <laughs> grabbed for that are pretty much still on that freaking branch, to be quite honest with you. And the more ambitious um, folks that, you know, aim for the sky or wanted to be the top pitcher in the neighborhood or the t- or go basketball scholarship or, you know, be a doctor at this, they're doing that. Yeah. And they have done yeah. it. And I, I can't blame it on... You know, it just happened. We all did, you know, out past the duchy. But, you I, know, I some- have to tell you, in, in this industry, you meet some of the most brilliant people ever. And I'm talking about like scary smart, mm-hmm. like Dr. J. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not talking about the basketball player. I'm talking about the scientist. Oh, he's pretty smart, too. <laughs> <He's some laughs> wise investments um, jump from the foul line. Well, let me ask you guys a question. <laughs> We, well, how are you guys feeling? Because I was thinking about taking an intermission so hey. we could all go to the kitchen and get ourselves I a snack. I need a bathroom break. Wow, yeah. we got snacks. Tinkle time. <laughs> oh. We, we got, got snacks? Randy ate all the fries. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Wait, he has manorexia. Man, that we'll was a new explain man. that like one it. too. All right. Well, if you would like to leave a message as a sponsor, please get in touch with that. But other than that, you will be listening to some music, maybe a graphic or two provided by our production assistant, Grayson, while we take a quick break and come back with our uh, final segments. Thanks. All right. Enough time to make a waffle. <laughs> Welcome back to New Hemp Times with all the cannabis news and science that's new and improved in the sweetest smelling podcast studio in the world. <laughs> so, guys, I'd like to start us off now that you've had a chance to rest with some canna busting. Are yes. you guys ready? Yep. I'm yeah. ready. All right. So I'm gonna, <laughs> when you hear strange things about marijuana, who are you going to call? Cannabis. <laughs> yeah. Wait, right. I'm we gonna do an opera version of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we'll you would contribute, it would sound even better, Greer. <laughs> hit with infringement. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Cannabusters, where I'm gonna test your guys' knowledge of cannabis, science, news, recent stories. I'm gonna share some headline stories, other cannafacts, and I need you guys to tell me if they're finding or they need to be cannabusted. Uh, so, tell me what you think is real or something I made up uh, watching reruns of Footloose last night. On oh, cable. there he Those goes are again. All little like Patrick Swayze movies, like, like Easter eggs. <laughs> Like, it's like a hint. Like, Patrick Swayze. I got it. He has his week. affinity for Patrick Swayze, so, people. All right. What is it about him, Jay? Well, I'll tell you later. <laughs> but I'm just hoping you forget. Uh, so I'm going to start you guys off with your first short story. 
This story is called They Can't Bust Us All. So <laughs> Harvey Milk, the first openly gay politician elected to public office, mayor of San Francisco and overall badass, remained active in cannabis legalization efforts, uh, up in, including up until uh, his death. So is it true that he once said they can't bust us all to encourage residents to protest cannabis's California cannabis laws or California's cannabis laws through civil disobedience? So is it true that Harvey Milk once said they can't bust us all to encourage residents to protest California's cannabis laws through civil disobedience? Hmm. Randy, you look like you have an answer to this. I'll, I'll say he said it. <clears throat> That's a line from uh, Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> they can't bust us all for dancing. Oh, you're freaking right, dude. They if we all start dancing, let's you're do right. It. That black dude. dude all of a sudden knew how to do the boogie. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, right. You're the only black one I'm in town. I'm, oh, I'm you're about prick. Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> That's a line from Footloose. <laughs> Is that is that You're the right. group from foot? Is that the group consensus? I'm abstaining. No, what you no, can't Jane do that? Can't abstain. It's yes. fine. Just abstain. She doesn't. She she okay. thinks she knows everything. I'm gonna go out on the limb and say that he really is. He said that because he was that bad of an ass. He was. You know. He but was the motherfucker. They got arrested. Well, they only arrested the black people. Yeah. <laughs> They can't arrest all of us. <laughs> Tahim going out there. Here I come. Here I am. Oh, my God. Does Clarence join him? <laughs> Did 22 years. <laughs> and he was just cleaning up after the protest. cleaning. <laughs> That is a problem after some of these protests. There is a lot of, you know, product leftover left product. Right. And, you know, what happens if you pick it up? Uh, you might be lying. And for the record, it's not that I think I'm so smart. When my lovely co-host actually tells me the story about things, you know, that's how I know. It's not that's like I that. know everything like, or think I know it. He tells me I, this. And I, how can I know? He forgot gonna, he told you. Yeah. <laughs> Or and the answer to, is, <laughs> of course, it's true. <laughs> According to sources, uh, Harvey Milk really did say they can't bust us all in order to encourage residents to protest California's cannabis laws. But Very they good. also did say that in Footloose about not being able to dance. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, somebody man. needs to look that up. <laughs> I'm too embarrassed to do this shit, but somebody needs. Amanda, if you're listening. Amanda, where are you? I'm uh, tagging Amanda right now. All right. Yeah. All right our next one. I haven't one. talked to Amanda in a long time. Uh, so you our can next- find those quotes. Yeah. <laughs> You find those quotes. We'll find those quotes. It's easy. There's a thing. There's the internet. So, yep. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next one is a, is a simple little can of fact or headline. Uh, did a study recently find that living near dispensaries doesn't affect teen marijuana use or attitudes toward the drugs? Did a recent study find that living near cannabis dispensaries doesn't affect teen marijuana use or attitudes? Is this real research? Or is this about something else? What do you guys think? So, you know, there's these ordinances that ban dispensaries near schools. Some places have a little more loosey-goosey things. And people are always concerned about the impact of None having... of these dispensaries are by schools. So, you know... Not like with it, like... <clears throat> Hey, you can go up in Harlem and you can look at the church. And if you look in the right direction, there's a liquor store just like in, in eyesight. Not like that. Right. I don't think there's any dispensaries like that. In, mm. Like... uh 
Like the, the liquor store in the churches. Right, because half the preachers to. like to drink. That's right. After they get off That's the pulpit. Right. That's how you think we get the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> we buy it first. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's say that, you, you know, then we get it. it. Then we get it. Some jurisdictions. <laughs> wait for God. <laughs> God is in that bottle. It's in the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Some jurisdictions can outright ban dispensaries. Um, so in jurisdictions that have allowed it, let's say, has teen use of cannabis gone up or down? Because you have jurisdictions where it's, you know, a couple blocks from a school, a thousand feet. It's not that far. Uh, some places it's as short as 200 feet, 250 feet, 300 feet, 500 feet. It's not a standard requirement. It's a patchwork of laws. But what do you think happens? You don't. You I think th- there's no correlation of dispensaries with. Uh, Was that an option? Student use. Yeah, whatever you want the option What's, to be, because um, that would mean that my I'm headline say, is false. I don't think I don't, I don't. I don't buy it. I don't. I don't think you can figure that out. You'd false headline. To, yeah, I think that's hmm. no. I can't. I abstain. Oh, Why? Because you keep talking about this stuff in the office and I'm oh, hearing. <laughs> I didn't talk about this study, though. I actually didn't. I thought that you. OK. I what study you, are you referring to? I thought you were talking to someone over the phone about this kind of issue the other day. She okay. knows. So what is the answer then? That it declines. That marijuana use amongst teens declines. declines? Mm-hmm. If there's a dispensary nearby. Mmm, very interesting. Well, what's the answer? Oh, you, oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, you want sorry. me to come up with, I see, you want me to come up with the answer. Well, so what happens when you have a dispensary in your jurisdiction? According to my notes about the 2013 and 2015 Healthy Kids Colorado survey data, which the study was based on, living near a dispensary has no effect on oh! teen marijuana use or attitudes. They did not oh! find any correlation. Yeah. Well oh. done, yeah, Randy. Was, thank you. Okay, so <laughs> in my head, in my defense, for some reason, I had this this vision of you having a conversation with someone about how increased security presence would potentially be a deterrent and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I dreamt that. What the hell is going like on Like you here? see it in your head and it's like, damn, did I dream did that? Did I do that? I do that all the damn time. <laughs> Sometimes I just pretend to be on the phone and talk about erroneous <laughs> stories just to throw you off when I'm working on this. I like that. He's sabotaging me ahead of time. Doing a little counter and Shut up, young. Right. Shut up. <laughs> He is such a nerd. <laughs> All right. Our third one is about... She's taking SAT enhancement courses for these, for these tests. <laughs> Wait until we have Team NHT next week and Uh-oh. Team the other team that we're going to have next Uh-oh. week doing this. It's going to be crazy. All right. So we'll all we be on the same team. Grade. Yeah. So <laughs> number three, in recent news... Did Tupac Shakur's estate announce that they're putting together a CBD flavoring to add to food products like popcorn and salads and things? Much like Bob Marley's estate, Willie Nelson's estate, Biggie Smalls' estate have all started releasing cannabis product. Is Tupac Shakur's estate going into the CBD flavoring business? Is this true? Is this a new investment or am I on shaky ground? <laughs> or is that a good ass damn idea? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um, I don't know. 
Mm. I don't think that's true. I don't think just well, CBD flavoring. Yeah, is that the segment that they're like, like a in? CBD product that's for adding flavors? You know, like uh, you get popcorn, popcorn flavor, yeah, like popcorn. CBD salt or CBD. Cheetos. You know, they're going into the food product aspect <laughs> of CBD products, not so much like THC cannabis flower. You know, I it's a it's a good brand. Picture me rolling with some you know CBD popcorn going down the street. You need things like that. Uh, but you know, it markets nah, itself. That's so stupid. <laughs> nah, uh-huh. I, if they do it, they might make oh, a little yeah. money off of it. Because yo, this the barbecue flavor. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. really? Dude. <laughs> oh my god! Just the chicken and mashed potatoes <laughs> right here. It's the, it's the yams. <laughs> what? Come on, man! <laughs> what was that? Randy? Nah, fuck with CBD the candy greens. jams. <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wait, you oh missed it. You weren't Put here. Put the marshmallows when- on it for the white folks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Go with it, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Run with it. I don't know. Uh, I think I, it's a false title. Uh, I don't know. That should sound like a good idea. Right. I'll tell you that was because I'm telling you, I know. I Look, man. I, mm. It's a freaking cannabis bonanza out there. I know. And not to mention your last thing, your woman. Oh, God. Mm. What? <laughs> He's probably flipping in his grave. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, Randy has his votes in. What do you guys think? Are you sound on the fence about whether it's because, not I, because state- uh, you know what? I know how. I know black people. Okay. Oh my God. And if somebody came out with <laughs> watermelon, watermelon flavored, flavored CBD oils oh, and, and wow. chitlins and mashed potatoes, <laughs> uh, oh, some of these fuckers will go and buy that shit. Oh, sure. They but let me try the barbecue chicken, yo. Now, of course they will. Come on. So, but I'm going to say it's bullshit. No. Mm. <laughs> Easy to believe, but probably baloney. Uh, <laughs> The, you, and you are right, Greer and Randy. This was an artificially flavored headline. <laughs> <laughs> if you chose another rapper, I would have gone with it. Like, you know, she's supposed to. 50 Cent comes up with world's cheapest like product, you know? <laughs> 50 Cent. <laughs> and it costs. 50 Cent. All right. Oh, my lordy, lordy. Well, Out of mercy. You know, our word of the day is can of can of inclusion. So yeah. our next one is a headline. Is this a true headline or not? Did it appear this week? MJ Freeway becomes first female-led cannabis technology traded on the NASDAQ. A bit of a tongue twister, but Marijuana Freeway, which is a software company for tracking um, cannabis companies. It's, they have a lot of state contracts, help regulators figure out what's going on. Did they become the first female-led cannabis technology traded on NASDAQ? Is this a true story, or is this just uh, some good fake publicity for the cannabis industry? Did Marijuana Freeway become the first female-led cannabis technology traded on NASDAQ? Is is a cannabis company <coughs> making these big moves, or is this just wishful thinking? So we're saying that this company is majority female-owned? Or uh, mm-hmm. female-led. Uh, like CEO. CEO. I'll say, yeah, it's true. You think the cannabis company would hand over one of their traded companies to a to women leadership? What the fuck was that kind of I'm question? I'm assuming that she was the original, <laughs> I mean, out of the formation. I mean, when you add that twist, Jay, you didn't say it in the beginning. Now that adds. 
A whole well, this is such dynamic. a sexist kind of way of looking at that. I'm just, I'm asking a question. I know. Um, of course she's in leadership, of course. It was a bit sarcastic. I, I'm going to say it's true Make because sure. of the simple fact that they're looking at the money behind it. Well, they, they, oh, go ahead. <clears throat> I'm going to say it's true because mm-hmm. ultimately they're looking at the money behind it and for all, for any woman that smokes, they're, they're assuming they're going to go or, or deal, right. you know, go that way. Oh, this was, this is by a woman. I'm going that way. You know what I mean? Um, can I just tell you, it's really interesting being a woman in this space. I had this conversation with a woman last night who is on a board of, was just asked to join a board of advisors. And she said, they literally came out and said, we need a woman on this board. Do you want to do it? And she and I both kind of responded and laughed and we're like, yeah, this is what's happening now. But at the same time, we need to show them, you know, what we've got and what we can bring as women to the table. So it was really kind of funny because I'm glad we're having these conversations because I think that we're going to find out that, you know, the way that women view things is often a lot different. And we you grow, even hear it amongst grow, women <clears throat> speaking about the 2020. I've heard a bunch right. of women say, I want to see a woman president. Yep. And I'm with you. Yep. <laughs> and, and I think that's how we grow is mm-hmm, just learning mm-hmm. from other people. You know what I mean? And so I, I hope we, we need more women in this, when I was at Canagather last night, it's mostly white men, and not that there's anything wrong with being a white male. It's just important to have different voices there, you know, to to kind of have different perspectives. They're nodding. <laughs> They're quiet, so, but nodding. <laughs> it seems like you're all saying, from a business perspective, from moving society right. forward perspective, this is a true story. Mm-hmm. We're hoping it's true. Mm-hmm. Well, so the first female cannabis CEO on a technology company to be traded on the NASDAQ is Jessica Billingsley. Uh, She has taken over. So this is indeed a true story. She could be my cousin because your last my granddad Billingsley. Billingsley. Mm. Wait a minute. It's a black woman. Is she black? Uh. They did not say. I think that would have been in the headline. <laughs> Definitely. They don't have a picture of her? Right. They have a picture then of again, them. maybe not. Then again, maybe not. Oh, my gosh. Right. You know, they, they may right. not mention the fact that, you know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, I mean, it's an interesting story. It was sure to develop. I might see more female leadership at one of the leading cannabis technology and compliance platforms. Uh, I mean, MJ Freeway is is everywhere. If you go into a state and they're putting in your data to track what they're selling, it's usually MJ Freeway. Uh, it's used in a lot of states. Um, so, the, I, have you, know. you ever heard of? I can't remember her name. Um, she's actually the director of the Internet or the IMF, the Monetary Fund, International Monetary Fund, and she. It was on the Daily Show the other night, and it was she's so incredible and in talking about that you know obviously moralistically we need to have female leadership we need to have more representation of all different peoples at the table, and she actually said that when she changed her argument to be more about the economics and what the money that could be made and how this is actually good for the world from a perspective of income and 
wealth distribution, why it's so important to have women at the table. And it was such a compelling argument that I've never really heard articulated by someone in the financial field. And obviously, you know, I'm I'm not saying I've heard everything. So Mm -hmm. I know it's been said before, but it was so fascinating to think about it like that, Mm -hmm. that we really do need to be looking at this, that these are smart business decisions, not just socially the right thing, but smart. Of course. You know, that you have to have this representation if you want to thrive and grow. Excellent. You know, of all backgrounds. Yep. So we have two more left, and our next one is also about a woman. So I'm going to read you a very short story, three sentences, <laughs> and I want you to tell me if I completely made this up, or is this a very interesting finding? All right. Eight years ago, an incoming college freshman vowed that she would go on to a master's degree and then a doctorate. So, world, say hello to Dr. Marijuana Pepsi. Her druggy, mm-hmm. sugary name was given at birth 46 mm-hmm. years ago, and she has embraced it proudly ever <laughs> since. So, is it true that Dr. Marijuana Pepsi received her PhD uh, last month from Cardinal Stritch University? I'm I'm gonna take the fifth on this one. <laughs> oh, so you know this one too. I know this one. Then yes. Why do you think it's true? Because he's taking the fifth think- and he kinda chuckled. So that means he knew the answers. Yeah. You're the only one I can talk to about this. So there's a so is there really a woman named Marijuana Pepsi running around her in PhDs? <laughs> False. You're just you're just doing it to be different, aren't just you? Just to be different. <laughs> uh, well, this is indeed a true <laughs> story. I knew it. I fell on the story. According you to did. I did. He was laughing. He I took know. the fifth. I know. You could just deduce from Greer what was really going on. How did you hear you about this? Say anything, I heard and about I knew this it. on uh, <laughs> um, Facebook. Uh, I was reading. I thought it was bullshit. I was like, "Hold up, dog!" Is that I fake went news? It and I was like, "Holy shit!" And I looked with the people who put it out, yeah. and last and name Pepsi, piece, yeah, and oh and God. that's her name, marijuana Pepsi. Yeah. And uh, her sisters have even weirder names. Like oh, see oh, wait, her wait, wait, wait. What's, what's the sis- who are the sisters? Uh, Kimberly and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Kimberly, Robin, and marijuana. And marijuana. <laughs> Clearly, marijuana was the youngest. Oh my God. She was born in the 60s. Yeah, exactly. No. um, But uh, gosh, I'm glad all my siblings have weird names. Wait, Jayhan, were they like trying to do some kind of social experiment to see how little marijuana Pepsi would 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 fare in her life, you know? Well, her mother said uh, the name would help her travel the world. Yeah. In the prison system. I wish I wish people could see Jayhan's face. He's trying not to laugh so hard as he's like well, talking. I was just wondering when she gets married and is she going to take the other person's name or that mess it up? Like you know, like why you know she's one of her. Uh, I think former husband's last name was Jackson. So you know, did she want a Jackson or did she keep it like her 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 maiden name? Like I, those are decisions you have to make. She's. Oh got my it. god! Can you imagine getting a resume from a marriage? Marijuana oh Pepsi. No, I would never be able. It would be hard I'd for be me like, to take. Thank this. for your lighthearted satirical yeah. resume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All this shit you really accomplished. <laughs> Doctor Marijuana <laughs> Pepsi. Congratulations on your PhD. Oh, Congratulations, man. Doctor. Man, I should have ended Cannabusters on that one. But <laughs> I, I have. I have one more. 
one more investment okay. one from Uno from must. a different hat. So one more is this. Wait, a, was this something that the grandmaster shared to, with you? Uh, it could have been. He uh, <laughs> shared a bunch of stuff. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> nothing that can be found on YouTube either. Um, so this is an investment can effect. Is this true? According to a recent report, four out of the fourteen most widely held stocks on the investing app Robinhood are marijuana stocks. So are four of the 14 most widely held sta- stocks on an investing app marijuana stocks. Is this true or am I just hoping it's true so I don't lose all my investments? 14. Out of 14 of the most widely held stocks on the investing app, four are marijuana stocks. Yeah. Can we ask a question? So is there an app called, or is there a website called, Mar- what is it, Robinhood? Yes, there is a real app called Robinhood. I didn't know we can ask hint questions. I didn't know we couldn't. Really? I never called on you because you never raised your hand. Oh. <laughs> that, I've heard that Randy, before. don't you know you have to be proactive in this <laughs> world? <laughs> You All right, can I start name? again because yeah. I shouted my right. damn uh, answer out. Let's let's start with number one again. Let's Do you have an auxiliary question? Like an extra one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yes, there are such things as marijuana stocks, and yes, <laughs> well, there is an that. app called Robinhood. Okay. And what it's are, an investing. Yeah, app. it's people go. Okay. So I got and my we're not answer. talking about most widely traded. Just to throw a monkey wrench, we're saying most widely held stocks include four of the 14 widely most widely held, held stocks. Held or list? I'm going to say yes, because that shit is a fucking bombshell right now. Well, <clears throat> And a lot of people are getting in quick. And I'm wondering like, if there's going to be a bubble, but that's yeah, another. I don't, I don't know. Well, Maybe we should have sure someone be, come talk about that. They need day. to let all of those people out of jail for marijuana. I know that. Absolutely. That might be good for stock because they'd have all the people. You know, I think that's a great challenge. <laughs> and, that's, and they but, should get some of that stock too. I have a question. That How could we actually potentially impact that? Is there a way that we could... We See would if have companies to get, would have want to, to donate money no, what, to, what? to let We'd have to get rid of all of these people who have been governing this shit all this time. Mm-hmm. They have to go. And that's how it starts. <laughs> Corporate tax <laughs> okay, incentives got, for every 20 cats I mean, that you, come you can home. Make, you can, make police, like, you can yeah. take uh, um, um, jail and, reform and fix it like that. Like that. You know who's in there for marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck up out of our jails, man. No, it's a business. Be productive. That's what it is. It's modern day slavery. It's a business. Yep. Yep. Same thing with those kids at the border. Yep. Sorry, I don't mean to. I read, (laughs) y'all. You're a smart man. Braille. (laughs) (laughs) That was a snap on my eyes because I couldn't see when I was younger. That's a 50 year old joke, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) What's that (laughs) motherfucker? <laughs> so, oh, Randy, boy. I have your auxiliary question. If okay. you want, if yes, you want. please. Wait, can we know what the answer was? No. Yes, maybe. After the auxiliary, you All want right. you want the auxiliary I, first? I know I blew it. And yeah, no, please. Afterwards, we're we'll talking about the mess with myself. Most, what, uh, the, like, yeah, the, uh, the fourteen most widely held stocks are four of them cannabis. Yes, I had said yes. 
All right. This is indeed a true story. Holding to MotleyFool.com. However, they do warn uh, while millennials love cannabis stock. Unfortunately, two of their favorites could be duds. But before we get to that, Randy, I have your extra credit question. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten that one right. Now well, I got doctor it. Well, yeah, yeah, answering an extra credit question. Just so you don't have to go to summer school. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> this is all the other podcasts will I've forget been about this before. So, Me too. So, <laughs> I haven't. Sorry. True or false? (laughs) The number one most held stock on Robinhood is a cannabis company. No, I said yes already. Well, no, this the is a 14, different question. A different question. Four of the fourteen. Wait, all right. There's fourteen of the top. Four yep, of them are yep, cannabis. Yep. Four of them but is the number one, one stock um, held on this app? What Robin? A Hood? cannabis company. What's yep. it called? Yeah, no. Robin. Hood. I'm gonna say yes. I'm the same. But a name like Robin Hood. Yes, too. Yes. For that reason. Yes. What reason? Robin. Robin Hood. Hood. That nigga stole the from you know he stole from the rich and gave to the poor. Robin Hood, dogs. <laughs> just cheat off his paper. And, and just, and just I, I know paper, that. Buddy. I thought it, I considered that, but I was thinking. <laughs> I really did. Honestly. Teacher. I'm sorry. This is. Yeah. I considered that. Okay. But it's too obvious. No, it's not. Mm-mm. No, it's not. <laughs> You're totally Even the teacher's this. trying to give me like. I know. He's like telling look, you to cheat. And you're not even cheating. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Buddy, what was your answer? Well, no. according uh, to this oh, app, the which has on. 6 Wait. million users whose average age is 32. Well, if you'd said that, well, not. The, yeah, that it's Robin Hood. The number one most held app or most held stock on the app is Aurora Cannabis. <laughs> The cannabis company, which is traded in the U.S. stock exchange, that's in Canada. You know, in Canada, Robin yeah, Hood, cannabis, they're a Canadian cannabis company. Robin um, Hood should be one of our co-sponsors one. today. They're number one. Just hey, on Jen, this, app. how do I Just buy stock in that? I'll you talk are? to you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I got a mm, yeah, mission. yeah. <laughs> so, Siri, wait, did you hear me though? We should we should uh, do a little hashtag to Aurora and uh, a little. Robin Hood. I'm sorry. I wish everyone could see what's I like happening. Because poor Randy was looks so flamuxed. Right? Look, that was extra credit. Does it count against your grade? No, it does. It does. No, no, <laughs> it does. You got the main question right. Hold on. Randy, it <laughs> feels like hold now. on. It feels like you're going through something. Yes, right now. I've been through this. This is why it took me ten years to get my marketing degree and I haven't <laughs> used the shit yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy. It's okay. We're here. We're monks, friends. I hope my mom isn't tuning in this week. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like he has this little trauma response to this kind I, of question. I, I would have said false, back. too, because I didn't believe it yep. when I but read you and it. I got it right. telling you. It's, it's hard to yeah, believe. It just yeah. it seems like this is the it's hot called new. called Robin Hood. First of all, it's the hot new app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the number one stock traded on that app or whatever that thing is, it's they're what millennials? These guys, they know. They see the boom. Like I said, the levy's going to break with this marijuana This is shit. like in the Great people Depression. People are going to get and, in and get paid off of it. Yeah. But here's the kicker, man. You're going to have to, you're going to eventually, it's going to have to boil down. That's what this is all going to happen. Mm. It's going to boil down to the, I don't know, the, there's going to be a few. There's going to be like the Pepsi or the Coke mm-hmm. or the, the, the Sprite or whatever. But those Absolutely. may be, you know what I mean? Like, there's that's where be it's going to get Pepsi. to. That's what it's going to get down to eventually, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of boiling things down, it's time to us to wrap up the show with yeah. our mind munchies or food for thought to leave people with, uh, you don't know, your finishing moves, whatever statements, as they say on marijuana today, uh, they call them finishing moves, but whatever quotes, passages, things you want to promote. Uh, who wants to go first? Oh, Randy's got How one. About, <laughs> I love it. The I got competition one. for a good one. <laughs> Hemp infused gasoline. No, what is what? it? Is that can you do that? Yeah, it'll make your car feel you know, get better productivity. <laughs> yeah, out of your, out of car, your car, more efficient on the highway, slow and methodical. Exactly. It'll produce cat car crashes, exactly. Oh my god, y'all are nuts. Y'all are well, <laughs> Henry Ford did have a hemp car that ran on like hemp on fuel. Him. So, cool. wow. wow, that patent might be expired. You could do that. Let's I do it. We Wait, should add it to the list. Whoever's listening, list. and you, you might want to wipe. See, when we come up with these brilliant ideas, we don't put that shit out to the public anymore. You know we what? Should make so Grayson when he listens. This, this is the last today. Is the last day we give jewels out, <laughs> right? Because yes. so. that. That, uh, the, yeah, and also there is a company called Patriot Biofuels that makes a hemp coal that burns. They put like hemp pellets in with the coal. So I mean, what I, does it do? Reduce something? It I mean, keeps we don't, it burning brighter and longer. But yeah, it is. But we less do carbon. not. Yeah, we don't want any carbon, dude. Yeah. Carbon. We gotta go no carbon. Sorry. All Even right. though we're carbon I have a mind munchie. What's your I mind munchie? I have a challenge Jane? for everyone today because I had. Okay, so I do, Wednesday is like one of my favorite days because it's like I get to have fun and be with my friends, but I also do my own therapy every Wednesday. So I'm always having insights. And one of the challenges I'm really working on is to try to approach everything with love and peace and like love in a way of open-heartedness and not closing ourselves off. And so I have been really trying my hardest to try to do that for everyone. So when I have difficult conversations to try to, approach it from that perspective. So I just have a challenge to whoever's listening to try to change their day by focusing on the positive things and things that make us happy, you know, getting rid of the negative around us and only just trying to be around people who, who can help you grow and evolve. So anyway, a little food for thought, little mind munchie. Greer, you've had a lot going on today. Any anything to reflect on? <laughs> How am I supposed on? to follow that shit? I'm telling you. <laughs> like, you're supposed to raise your hand before me, you know. Yeah. But, okay. I was going to talk about this lemonade I tried right. last week. Yeah, but. Like, after that, guy, we call the Pope and shit. Jesus. <laughs> My mind munchies, Some I death. ate them all. <laughs> didn't leave no, me nothing, no nothing for nobody. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have any mind munchies. Sometimes it's fine not to have yeah. a mind, Munchie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Food for thought. thought. Food for thought. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you're full. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My uh, Munchie also involves mojitos across the streets. Mm. <laughs> nice. 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 Um, I was, I thought I had a mind Munchie, but I, I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you you know, know, I think maybe I'm with Greer on this one. I don't have one, but I would say that uh, there's a lot of things that can be solved with basically the equivalent of either a cheeseburger or a piece of pizza. So, you know, don't <laughs> right. look for overly complicated solutions to very simple problems when right. all you, you really need is, is something, a little junk food every yep. now and then. Yep. Fix your ride up. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's, That's cool. some food for Straight thought. Straight to the van. <laughs> yeah. Like it. And Randy knows because he stuffed at McDonald's. I did. <laughs> I did. Thank I you. I got my hit. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for joining us. And don't forget to support us on Patreon. Please, it's patreon.com slash new, slash new hemp times. Uh, we need your support. And look it. for us on uh, YouTube, HBO. Twitter. Uh, that's just YouTube. Are <laughs> you yeah. uh, Greer and Randy, maybe? Not, <laughs> yeah, we're not on HBO one like day. that. One day. Well. So, in the future, <laughs> in the future. <laughs> keep an eye out for this. <laughs> All right. Well, signing off. Uh, thank you so much to Miles and Grayson's for Grayson's Grayson for keeping this running smoothly, uh, yep. despite my inhibition to pronounce their names. All right, <laughs> have a great week, guys. All right, bye. So long. <laughs>